everybody. Welcome to episode 273 of the Go Gorilla Filmcaster, source for all things indie film and more. I am one of your hosts, Sashia Dumont. I'm another host, Paul Robinson. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and we're here today to talk to you about some things mm. and this stuff. Yes. Um, Masterson. So. Barrymore. Yeah. It's all happening. Kutcher. Kunis. Everybody. It's all happening. Nothing. What's a Kunis with you? <laughs> Kunda, right? Isn't it a Kunda? What's a Kunda with you? Oh, I can't Kunda. Isn't it? Matata? A, no. Mila Kunda it. Matata. Um, yeah, whole <clears throat> whole lot of mess going on there. Yep. Um, although I mean Barrymore's thing is not nearly as bad as the other one, uh, but just a whole lot of things happening with that, depending on what side of the uh, what side of the coin you're on with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. it's it's this lasting a long time. It's, it is. It's, it's not. Uh, it doesn't is. seem to be letting up, and I think we can. Well, they're they're scheduled to talk again soon. The writers and whatever. Um, and I I feel like by now the corporations hopefully get that they're not going to let up. I don't know. It's you know? a pissing contest at this point. It really is because they've, they've... absolutely lost more money than they would have needed to negotiate. So yeah. it's completely for the sake of it. It's, yep. It has nothing to do with what they actually believe to be fair. Because if it was, they would have just made the deal and moved on. Yeah. But they have lost more money. I find it such an interesting conversation, and I don't see. I see a lot of people talking about who's right and who's wrong, but I don't see a lot of people talking about the solution. Right where it's like. Oh, just pay these people. And it's like, yeah, of course. Like, they're doing the work. The stuff gets viewed, whatever. This is how the system works, whatever. Pay them. But, you know, I was thinking about it last night when I couldn't sleep. Um, where it's like, and I think I've mentioned it before, where you have you have a, you have a show like Friends, right? Mm. Friends airs on NBC at 10 o'clock, rerun. They run ads on those. Those they it runs a lot more than it runs all day, like almost yeah, all however, day, every yeah. day. <laughs> so every time that show airs, they run ads on it. The money they get from the ads then gets put into a pot, and then that mm-hmm. money gets divvied out amongst mm-hmm. producers and actors and writers, and every everybody gets a piece of it. It's mm-hmm. not just the writers and actors. And um, but with streaming, you put friends on streaming, and now you lose that revenue stream. And then the argument is. Well, these companies have enough money to pay for it, and it's like sure, but and I'm not I'm not siding. I'm just stating the argument because I think it's it's interesting. Um, it, you know, now you don't have that revenue coming in to pay that, right? And so I think that the streamers really kind of painted themselves in in a corner with that because they wanted to sell this whole like no ads thing and most people hate watching ads anyway so they are like yeah let's do it and 10 bucks a month 15 bucks a month golden and uh and then so now they're like shit now now we don't have this extra revenue coming in from ads to pay the royalties and or whatever but there are supposed to be ads on netflix for a lower for a lower price, price. but i mean we don't I mean, know how many people up. or yeah like, yeah if it, that's it won't gonna... make that up but one couldn't one also argue when you say well they've lost the advertisements and so they've lost that revenue but they just lost that now say so, well they lost the revenue where are they supposed to get that from some from the well, same place that's... that they lost all the money from yeah. just now and are continuing to argue well, i think they they're... clearly have more than enough to give without advertisements 
Hence why I said it's just a pissing contest, because if they'd said right now, well, the company. So if they said, well, the CEO of pop, 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 you figure, you know, which whatever studio, right? The CEO and this and this and this person just lost X amount of money this year. Um, and you were able to actually get all those numbers and have them be accurate. But this money is just like it's just money, right? It's just it's like uh, fun coupons. Yeah. Right. And they've lost all this money. And if they, they were really that concerned about losing money and somebody pulling out of their pocket to have to give to all these actors for residuals and all the stuff, actors and everybody else, uh, cast and crew, uh, then they wouldn't have let that money drop now in arguments. So th- there's right. no way somebody isn't sitting there. Right. W- w- I'm saying, you know, with a calculator, I've aged myself, right? yeah. sitting there going, ah. Uh, sitting there with an abacus trying there, to figure. There, <laughs> you know, going... Oh, we're losing an estimated $20 million a day or whatever the number is, right? They know what that is and they're continuing to do it. So obviously there was a place to pull that from. It's a matter of whether they feel these people are worthy and that's all it is. It's all, I'm not going to, I'm not going to take this from my company to give to you because you're, I don't think you should have it. Not that I can't afford to give it to you. It's that I don't think you should have it. And I think one of, I would assume if I were, uh, you know, the CEO of a, a multi-million billion dollar company and uh, it, and it was all about money. My concern would be, well, if we give this to them now, how long do we have before they do this again? And they want even more money. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah, they, they definitely want to at least make it tough. If they if the companies are going to give in, quote unquote, then they want to make it tough for them to know, like, well, we're not going to go down without a fight. But I don't know. I just feel like it's. I was thinking about it last night from a purely economic standpoint, right? Where you look at the business model and you look at it from a, 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 from an unemotional spot because I'm 100% for whatever the writers and actors want and anybody else on the crew. They they work their asses off and, and they're, in my opinion, entitled to revenue share, right? It's basically what that is, right? You know, with A living if, wage. I mean, that's the thing. Well, they're not fighting here, to become well, millionaires. The well, they that's just, the thing. Right, when you're exactly. getting a $12 residual, but, but like, you, that's kind of crazy. If you look at it just from a business standpoint, right, where you have, and, I'm, and, and this is just stuff I'm thinking about. I'm not arguing these points, but I think it's an interesting conversation where it's like, uh, you have a business, um, and, you know, you're, you're a net, let's say you're a Netflix, but you're above board, right? And then so... I have to now budget a show. All right, well, we're going to spend a million dollars on this show. Okay, so then how do we how do we budget for that? We don't know how many people are going to watch it. We don't know how long it's going to be watched for. Hmm. And so there's going to be, if if we're paying residuals per stream or per, t- you know, full streams or whatever, you know, whatever the, the criteria is, how do I budget for that, you know? Um, and... You know, I have I I get my income from subscribers. I don't do any ads. How am I budgeting a show, um, and how am I maintaining that budget? Right, where it's like, yeah, I have ten million dollars as a company, let's say, I'm, and I'm spending a million on this show. But if this show blows up, it could wipe out my whole entire ten million dollars because I have all the residuals I have to pay. So how do I self-sustain that that model and? The only way to do that, in my opinion, is ads, because you need to be able to generate new revenue in order to pay it, regardless of the fact that these companies are evil and they have plenty of money to do whatever. But if you look at it from strictly an economic standpoint of uh, of budgeting and 
and how to how to budget for something like that, right? Because then you could budget, say, oh, it's going to be a million dollars, but it'll probably get 20 million streams. So let's throw in another 500,000 for residuals. And let's say it does more or it does less or, you know what I mean? So I just, I don't know. I would love to... I would I love to know that, more about that to kind of understand that conversation, right, not to change my mind or, or whatever. Yeah, but I do feel like yeah. I do feel like it's it's interesting just from a strictly a, 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 a thought experiment kind sure, of thing. But, you know, I think where I go with that, OK, is that because here just real quick. Sorry. Just you say Disney has plenty of money to pay these people, but that money didn't come from the thing they worked on. Now they're pulling money from something else they worked on. And I'm not defending Disney because they're fucking evil, but that from a purely economic standpoint isn't, you know what I mean? Let me like, tell you it's, something. It's weird. The, the price of their lightning lane passes alone to pay for all of that. <laughs> yeah, fuck, fuck Disney. Um, oh, yeah. Fuck Disney for real. So but like, I'm just, I don't know. I was that's where that money, it. that's what I'm saying. That's where that comes from when they charge you $40 for a pinwheel at their park. Yeah. And seven dollars for a a churro. like that. That's where that money comes from. Where they price gouge everything else, and that they make so much money. So that for them, that's one thing. Um, but I guess like what people need to understand, because you know, there's no there's no shortage of just just opinionated idiots that have absolutely no idea what they're talking about, but they chime in right. All oh, these celebrities, I feel so bad for these millionaires. These millionaires are not the one. They're not on the picket line for themselves. Right. They don't need this. In fact, they're the ones that are now donating all the money to the other people. They're yeah. trying to, right, because they have it. They have millions and millions and millions of dollars. Some some Hollywood actors are uh, even close to billion. You know, mm-hmm. they, they're married to millionaires or they have business, you know, they have, they have side hustles. They have, uh, you know, vineyards and shit like that. They make money. They'll be fine. This was always for the lower tier actor i hate to put yeah. it that way but that's you know in hollywood well, it's for the that, it's know, for it's for your, your it's for your actors your, your day players your yeah. actors that you go oh i know that person from that show but you can't remember their name but you know their face those actors those are the ones that you have to understand the way the way a commitment to a film works and the reason why taking these opportunities it's not like when you work your job and they say hey can you stay a little later today but you don't have to work on the weekend kind of thing. When you're offered a role on on a on a show, it's a commitment for an X amount of time. We're going to be shooting, let's say, six months for this season. And you have to be available for X amount of episodes. Well, you now can't work on other things. You've heard this so many times where people go, well, this person was supposed to be cast as this. Can you imagine them? We always thought of it. You know, we would never think of another actor for this. Well, they wanted it, but they couldn't because it conflicted with another schedule that they had. You literally can't take other jobs. So when you're taking this job, and mind you, you're doing this a lot of times. I'll use Orange is the New Black as an example because that actress was the one that kind of set this whole thing off with uh, TikTok and, and all that. Um, I can assure you that that actor did not make thousands upon thousands of dollars for that role. Yeah, she probably made a couple thousand for that role, but she didn't make a million dollars for that role. It's mm-hmm. a small part. And so when she gets a residual, that's 30 bucks or 20 bucks. Right. And then for those six months, let's say, she it was very difficult to work on anything else. And if you work on something else, it has to be something that's like for the day. You're basically a day player actor because you have to be at their beck and call. And so you think about that being half of the year. And let's just say, oh, okay, you know, you're, you're trying to break in. It's a good opportunity, right? There's all these people on the show. The show's going to do great. You know, you've heard a lot of things like, yeah, take that opportunity. Okay, let's just say um, that role paid. They said, okay, it's going to be six months of work. We'll give you $15,000. Mm-hmm. 
Which is nothing. Which is nothing. Because you have to understand, this took half of the year. You're not really able to work on much else. Maybe small projects, but they're not paying $15,000 a day. Yeah. Right? So you, you're you at best making maybe $30,000 a year. Yeah. Yeah. And for and for a lot of actors that are more unknown and 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 less popular under the amount that they would need to even qualify for medical insurance through SAG, which is a whole other fucking issue. Mm. If you make under uh, under twenty seven thousand or I believe the number was twenty seven thousand or twenty seven something, uh, you're not eligible. Yeah. And yeah. if if you've got a job that you're 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 trying to build your resume up that's taken up a good portion of your year, there's no way for you to hit that number. So not only am I on a show that's getting millions of views, I can't afford to go get my fucking broken ankle fixed. Yeah. On this very famous show that you recognize my face from, I just had to use the money from that uh, out of out of pocket and go get this get a cast put on my ankle yeah. or uh, what 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 have you. I just had to pay uh, you know, cost for uh, whatever, yeah. medication or whatever. You know, it's it's insane. People don't realize that this is not geared towards millionaire A-list actors. Yeah. They're fine. I don't, I They're don't... supporting those who are not in that position, yeah. who need those residuals and need to make a living wage in order to continue in this business. Yeah. I don't really see that argument as much anymore. The two arguments I see the most now are... Um, uh, one is, well, it's like any other job. You do the job, you get paid, and then that's it, you know? Yeah, I hear uh, that along with their that, millionaires, and I don't feel bad for them. That's yeah. like everybody's But thing. it's like, you know, if if a plumber came to your house, house and installed a toilet, um, they get paid for that job, and then they have to find another job, whatever. That's their argument. But if a plumber came to your house and installed the toilet, and every single time you flushed it, that plumber made a lot of money... I think you'd have something to say about that. Like, I'm fucking flushing the toilet. I'm putting yeah. water into this. I, you know I what mean, I mean? And so, I gave you that example. Yeah. Where it was like, if you, yeah. if, if every time you flush the toilet, there was a monogram of that plumber's face that came up. Yeah. And yeah. they made money. No, no. It, it, it was the other way around that the actor was the plumber, right? That yeah. if you, if you, they install the toilet and then every time people came to the house, came to the house, they flushed that toilet. A picture of that plumber's face came up out of a, a monogram in the toilet and people were paying to see that, yeah. the plumber would be like, what the fuck? You're using my likeness yeah. and making money off yeah, of it yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And now to be yeah, fair, you know one, you but... know what's going on when you, you know that your likeness and, and your face and your image is being used when you do a TV or film, a TV yeah. show or film. Like we know that obviously. This isn't about like, it's less about, well, my face is on there and I want to be paid for it. And it's more for the fact that people aren't making a living wage. So that became an example. But that isn't what set this whole thing off. It wasn't the fact that your likeness was being used more so than it was that these people are making millions and millions of dollars off of your work and you're barely able to pay your bills. Right. Because, again, this is not about famous, rich actors. Yeah. They are in support. They stand, they stand in solidarity and they're doing the whole thing yeah. because they can. Yeah. The people that are on that on those picket lines that are not working, they're the ones that are really hurting from this. Sarah Silverman and I, they make very good points and it's very nice, but they'll be fine. They're fine. Yeah. They have money to live off of. They'll yeah. be good. The, the, uh, the other argument I see a lot is that uh, it's, the, it's the companies, the Netflixes and the Disneys that have to um, take the risk with the money. You know, so they, so the the actors and writers have nothing to lose if the film doesn't do well. But okay, the that was the do. point that I was gonna make because you had said something about the that other. Because to me, it's like there, 
you know, uh, an actor does have something to lose. If they're tied to a, a, a show or a film that doesn't yeah. do well, that can be... That could be career suicide yeah. if, if you if you become or a known writer. For the I mean, like you look at the sentiment about writers in Hollywood now, and they're like, "Yeah, well, they just write crap," and it's like, "No, they don't write crap. The studios make them write crap." Right. So they're already getting the shit end of the deal on that. So it goes to show that, or like, they turn it into crap. You know, yeah. you write what you write, and then the studio owns the rights to it, and then they can do whatever they want to it, and yeah. you have no idea how much of so uh, I think what the end product, how close that was to what the writer actually created. Yeah. Well, they don't have any maybe like direct investment loss but um they do have but it can be viewed as that because if they direct or act in or write something that's not good and they go to get another job and they're like oh you wrote that piece of crap i'm not hiring you and then they've just yeah, cost them but money at so. the same time at the same time when where one can say i know we're going off on a tangent like 20 minutes um at the same time where someone can go well this is a risk right this is a risk for the studio if they put their money and their hopes into something and if they lose and that and 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 that crashes then they've lost all that money and to that i say how many sharknados do we have how many fast and the furiouses do we have yeah this is garbage they never cease to come up with a plethora of avenues of which financial avenues and of which to choose from to fund the most asinine shit. So the whole like, where's the money going to come from? The same fucking place it came from when you made Sharknado 4. Yeah. The same place for that. Fast and the Furious 42. When someone said, hey, what if we put them on space? That's where you get the money from. That same fucking place that you pulled the money from to make that bullshit. Yeah. That's where it would come from. Right. And it's also, it's an, and it's not like these residuals only go to the actors and writers you know it goes to the company as well it goes to the ceos it goes to producers and stuff as well and yeah and so, they're not asking to jump from 30 dollars to a thousand right. either they're just you know? they it's just like... want a, a piece of that pie they don't want the whole pie they don't even want the biggest part of the pie they just want a piece of that pie that they helped create to help make you a bunch of money and so anyway okay so that that's where that's going um I don't know. I mean, now the whole thing also, I was going to get into the whole Masterson thing, but I don't know if, that there, if there's really any point in doing it. I mean, he's a rapist and now he's going to prison. <laughs> now he's going to prison. Yeah. So, and uh, I worked with that guy. And, yes, you did. I did work with that yeah, guy. Yeah, you worked with all of them. Yep. You worked with all of them. Yep. And now they're shade, except for Topher, right? He's the only one that was like, yeah, he's like, I don't want to fucking you. say anything. Well, no, I think he's always sort of been the black sheep. That was the thing because he didn't really hang out with them a lot. Yeah. I don't and remember so, what I, I did a. I, I always joke about the the '70s show cast because I did a, I did an episode, so I spent a week with them, and uh, um, I don't really remember like their like their chemistries. Yeah, like if they were like friendly with each other. I mean, they seemed like they all kind of got along, but they, they they seemed they were in like acting mode, so they don't weren't like mm. the only thing I do remember is Mila Kunis being very kind of like um, she had a lot of energy, you know, because she well when she was doing the show she was 17 when I did the show she was 17 at the time. So she was very like not hyper, but she was very like she had yeah. a lot of energy, like not in a good or bad way. She was just very. <laughs> She's like a cocker spaniel. Yeah, she was just um, very very energetic. Well, I mean, now you know choices have been made there with with them with those letters, and mm-hmm. um, I don't. I just. I mean, I, I. How do you feel good about that? I guess just like a, I don't know. I don't know what they expected the outcome to be. Yeah, I mean, right. obviously, they didn't think well, these th- things would become public, and that the was thing. the whole point of it. Yeah. But I'm saying aside from that, right, and in your day-to-day and in your private life, how are you okay with defending somebody? That Because it, 
you know, anybody who gets accused of these things always go, oh, I didn't do that. Right. And then that, that that's the end of it. Yeah. Right. They just say, oh, well, I, I didn't do that. There's he was not. You have to understand that this is not only he's not he's not like a list celebrity. Right. right? Yeah. But he's a celebrity ish. But the bigger part is that he's a celebrity within Scientology. That's the key here that people yeah. need to understand. So you have to understand that with the the endless uh, the endless bankroll that these that this this cult has, right, to make things go away. Think of the I can't even imagine the amount of money that they have spent over the years and decades to make things disappear. Yeah. Um, so to think that. This case was so severe that they couldn't even buy their way out of it. And yeah. there was already, I mean, you know, there's, there's, uh, the, it's been noted that he did try to pay, he already paid $11,000 to another girl to keep her quiet mm. and all sorts of shit. And it's like, again, why would you pay somebody that's accusing you of something you didn't do? Right. You know? Um, but anyhow, um, you know, that, that their support in that, it, you know, it, it's, it's, there's been people in my life that you find out something about them and you go, oh, shit, I didn't know that side of them. You can't blame a person for not knowing another side of an, of a person. But he's kind of like Weinstein in that a lot of people knew about him. And so you're choosing to ignore that side yeah. of that person. Yeah. And you're finding a way to humanize them because they're a friend to you. Yeah. And this is what happens. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, uh, they didn't say that they had to accept those letters in confidentiality, just that you were submitting them in confidentiality. Mm, yeah. And we've learned that lesson the hard way. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. I mean, that is what it is. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, in uh, I'm not saying it, it, it facetiously or not. It's just in, in today's climate of cancel culture, I don't know what that means for them. I don't yeah. feel like, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I'm they'll still bounce for the, back uh, from the that. The whole like, oh my god, it was 20 years ago. Get over it, argument. You know. Well, that's what everything. Everything yeah. does that. Anyway, right. okay. <laughs> so it's 20 minutes into the show. Um, so we watched a couple movies. Um, we're being uh, che cheaper McCheapersons lately because we have to be. And uh, so there's a lot of things that we probably would have otherwise been like, oh, we'll just rent it. It's two ninety nine. But, you know, we're like, you know what? Fuck it. It's well, going to be free. Before we talk about films, did you want to talk yeah. about Barrymore? Not really. I mean, okay. she. I mean, because it was part of the whole right, the whole been, SAG yeah. thing. You know, it's just like people are it depends on what side you're on. And, you know, I think it's really typical. Look, anytime with Kunis, I, I said I'm not going to do it. And then here I am going yeah. into uh, detail about it. But there's there's. One thing that happened with both groups of those people, with Barrymore and with uh, Kunis and Kutcher, is that both of their apologies or explanations and whatever were scripted. Yeah. I mean, you could very clearly see Drew Barrymore looking to the right, looking to the right, or if it was flipped, looking to the left, who knows, right? Reading from the script because her PR was like, holy shit, just say this. Okay, <laughs> I and I'm know. like, you're actors. So the fact that as actors, you didn't even bother memorize to that. memorize yeah. said monologue I, I really is wanted, so like, lazy. She hasn't explained why she made that choice yet. Right? She's not going to explain it because what explanation could she have other than the fact that I wanted to make money? Well, because I was thinking, keep the show I going. I didn't it, give like, a what fuck if about a, anything else. What if there's else? a contract issue going on? Like, what if she's contractually obligated to do the show? What if there is? Drew Barrymore like, like it. She she's got that? money. Yeah, she's got money. Yeah. Then the fucking show's done. I don't yeah. know. Find something else to do. Yeah. It's, 
you know, it is what it is. Um, it's it's really bizarre. And then also, you know, people have to understand that uh, talk shows fall under this umbrella news that, stuff, yeah, yeah, that it's news. And I don't, I but can't think of a single newsworthy. Doing, you know, like, like Kimmel yeah. and Fallon, aren't they like just paying their people anyway? Well, uh, Conan had done his thing where he did the show and did nothing on the show yeah. to, to prove his point. And, um, you know, it... I mean, the, the, these shows are not, like I said, they fall under that umbrella. So I don't know how much on a on a on a rules standpoint, how much you can argue with Barrymore. I think people are more like, hey, you're an actor, so you should have been. For me, it was more so that they were like confiscating people's pins, yeah, kicking them out going through their shit to make sure they didn't have pins on like what are you the fucking gestapo like what's yeah. going on here like you're the pin gestapo like you can't have a pin on you now yeah. that's in support of something like it's it's so silly it's just so silly um yeah i mean good luck with that she made a choice choices were made that's what they say right yeah. choices were made so now you do with those choices I'm, I'm just more baffled that she thought this was going to just fly right over yeah. right through over the right like oh yeah no no no, definitely no one's going to say anything a about huge it. Black mark on no her one's going to call me out for this. Career, like, yeah. are you new here? She seemed like such a nice person. And she may still very well be. It's just, you know, look, people make stupid decisions and they are driven by either contractually or by money, which is usually the same thing. They're usually one and the same and they're connected. And like I said, a choice was made. She made a choice. She didn't have to, you know, continue the show. She could have. Yeah. Stood in solidarity with them. She certainly doesn't need the money. She wanted to do it. She did it. I mean, that doesn't mean that she's like the worst person in the world, but she certainly is flawed like everyone is. And there you go. You know, yeah. I I don't know. I'm not going to say that she's like, you know, chapic. Yeah. <laughs> but clearly, you know, doesn't uh, is is like so many celebrities that are just not in tune with reality. Because they live in a world of of affluence, and yeah. so they don't understand things. They can't comprehend. And Drew Barrymore was raised in money. It's not yeah, like yeah. you know <laughs> she's always had money. Yeah, she's so a yeah, she's not you know with her parents and everything. So there, there's no way that you can expect her to be in touch. That's all part of the facade when they go on the show and they act all humble and shit. That's part of their their character. I'm on, on honestly just I'm more insulted that they couldn't memorize their apologies. That's just so lazy. Um, <laughs> Listen, if I can memorize the monologue when I'm auditioning for shit in under a day, yeah. <laughs> you can do it. So anyhow, um, being the cheaper McCheapersons that we were, we waited to watch a good person. Um, things are taking a little longer than they really they're Maybe I don't know if it's because of the strikes, but things would usually become free or hit a platform where it was free way sooner. Mm -hmm. Bo is afraid. Are you fucking kidding me? That movie came out 3,000 years ago. Yeah. I'm not paying for it. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not paying for I held out this long. I'm certainly not. Listen, I am the studios <laughs> in this fight. I'll just not watch the fucking thing. I'll just film. not watch the fucking thing. I don't care how much I may be missing out on. I'm not watching it if you're going to keep it on streaming and to, to rent for four years. It, like, no. I'm watching that for free, and that's just the end of it. That's well, all. you're technically not watching it for free because whatever service you I watch pay, it on, you're right, paying for Right, I pay service. for that already, yeah. though, is what I'm saying. I'm not going to pay... Extra. Pay for that, that app and then, yeah. <laughs> and then pay on top of it to watch something that came out such a long time ago. Like, come right. on. 
So I Give think it's better to say you're not going to double pay for it versus you you want to see it for free. No, because I view like I know how you view like I me, get it too. Having me ha- watching something not on having Netflix streaming is, services is not an option. Yeah. It's not an option. I have to have them. So to me, it's a cost. That's part. That's part of my 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 daily living cost is having streaming services. We have them, mm-hmm. and so I'm I'm not going to pay to watch this. Right. I have to have the streaming services. Yeah. It just sound. You know. I don't care how it sounds, context, Paul. That, okay. I don't care. All right. All right? Okay, I'm watching then. it for free. That's what I'm saying, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> okay. And why don't you just live your life the way you want to live your life, and let me live mine the way I want to live mine. Well, I I don't want to double pay for it. Fine, then don't. <laughs> I'll watch it for free, and then you cannot double pay for it. Yeah. All right? That sounds good. Idiot. So, um, a good person. Yeah. Which I am sometimes. Not all the time. Um, Not even sometimes? That's what's funny to you? Uh, I mean, most of the time. At least I have most. Yeah. You have none. Yeah. You're just not a good person. Yeah. You're a bad person, Paul. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Be a good person. No, it's too much work. That's your option. It's way too much work. Um, so this is uh, not a big fan of the Braff Braff's uh, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he's just well, you, will you liked Garden State, didn't you, or no? No, no. I didn't hate it, but it's. It was a movie that I wa- that when I watched it, I was like, this movie's trying so hard to be independent. It's like mm-hmm. that kid that goes to Hot Topic yeah. one day and then comes to school all goth. And you're like, yeah, you really fucking nailed it there. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what that reminds me of. I guess like when I watched Garden State, I was like, oh, God, it was like it wasn't a terrible movie, but I was like, yeah, it's trying really hard. Like it's it's trying to be quirky. Yeah. And the the characters were trying to be quirky and it just didn't quite I I've, I've never watched it again. I watched it that once and I never felt the need to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Um he was in something and I cannot remember the name of it and I don't know if he had anything to do with the direction or writing of it, but there was a scene that was really good in it that we yeah. talked about that was a, a a fighting scene. I think he cheats on his girlfriend mm-hmm. or wife or something. Rachel it was a very Wilson. good very very good scene. Um, so I don't know how much he had to do with that. I I find his writing to be very safe. There was that other movie he did where he did all the fundraising for. Didn't yeah. care for that. Um, I I'm, he's just not my kind of writer. I appreciate that he makes things that are not you know super Hollywood esque. Yeah. But then also you know you've got Morgan Freeman and Fl- Florence Pugh in this, which I understand he was dating at the time. But it's like that. This is kind of I, I, well, Natalie Portman was in Garden State, so I guess that was pretty. Yeah pretty uh, ritzy of him as well he he kind of toes the line where it's like i'm famous but i'm not too famous like i'm i'm not quite famous enough i'm still indie and it's like all right you're still indie but you got a couple million dollars here and yeah. you've got celebrities like a-list celebrities in your yeah. film something you know it, it it's it's toe the line yeah. um and so this for me was it was very braff-esque hmm. he braffed yeah. Uh, you know, braffs are gonna braff. He he wrote a safe, predictable film. Yeah, an indie drama. He wrote a safe indie drama that was painfully overwritten in its in the dialogue for me. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was like, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't dislike it, yeah. but I would never watch it again. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was. Yeah, it was like he's just. 
one of those people that I root for because he, you know, because it's JD. Because it's JD, you know, and so um, I tend to give. There's certain producers, direct a lot of directors out there that I will give an infinite amount of shots, you know, like Robert Rodriguez or um, Zach might. Braff or 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 you know whoever. There's just certain directors that I'll watch anything they do, and I don't care how horrible it is all the time. Yeah, M Night is a perfect example. Um, he's one of them. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the movie was it was it was okay. Hmm. It wasn't bad, but it it wasn't like anything amazing. If not for Florence Pugh's performance, it was like very mediocre. You know, I mean, she's was it just me or did you find Freeman distracting? I didn't find him distracting. I just don't know if he was a right pick for the part. I don't think he was a right pick for the part, and that's what was distracting. Yeah, yeah. Was maybe. that Morgan Freeman is Morgan like I don't think Fre- he did like... specifically did anything distracting. Like he kept pronounce you know like no but, but it's, it, it's I, I don't Morgan feel like Freeman is like right. De Niro yeah you don't watch something and go oh I'm watching somebody it's De Niro De Niro's De Niro yeah. Freeman is Freeman they're never not those people and they have very distinctive mannerisms and voices and 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 wait you know their 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 performances are sometimes predictable because they sort of play small variations of the same role yeah. in in everything there's something that they bring to it that you you never forget that you're watching that person they yeah. don't they're not really character actors you know they kind of stick to one character and that's what they play and with morgan freeman he's be, he's just i think 90 percent of what makes morgan freeman morgan freeman is his voice and so i found it very distracting yeah that he was a pick especially for something like this i thought like it didn't it it was too much yeah you know i mean i think the i think the story was good um, but yeah, the dialogue was a little, a little heady, and uh, um, and I wasn't crazy about the car crash. <laughs> um, I felt like it could have. They weren't going to spend money on that. They had I to know. use that to get Morgan Freeman in there. I guess, but it would have been. Are you kidding me? It you think that cool guy's cheap? See, like a, or or Nazi or whatever. Like I just don't. I'm not. I wasn't crazy about the way it was shot or. All I'm saying is that Whiplash. Managed yeah, to find it in the like budget whiplash. to give you something good, and you could have made that crash better. Is all we're saying because seeing that the crash was so much of the film. Yeah, it was so. It was such a turning point in, in, yes. in her career, in her life, and it was everybody's a very, life. And a, so. a very pivotal event in that and story. And I felt like so. the third act just was like, bam, here we are. It didn't make sense. It you know, was. <clears throat> when we talked about it when we saw it, but like, yeah, that third act was just like, it was just like, an hour and twenty minutes of. Just horrible things, and then the last ten minutes, like, okay, I'm all better now. Yeah. So my issue, my issue with it was that you know it was there was this really predictable moment when they go into I believe they're in Williamsburg, and to pick them up from this horrible situation they've put themselves in, and he gives her this talking to, and immediately I was like, here we go. This is her turning point. This is what she needed to hear in order to suddenly go to rehab and do the whole thing. Um, and there it was. You know, it was wasn't the worst choice, but it was just very safe. Like I said, it it, it didn't seem to make sense having known people that were very heavy into drugs. It she'd have fallen a couple times. First of all, she would have had a major crash after that that moment of being real if you will right that would have been a lot of reality for her in one moment she would have been on like some major binge and possibly decided to come out of that afterwards but can we just where did the fucking watch come from yeah you focused on it probably 
solid three or four shots that you felt the need to do a close up on that watch. We have I might have missed it. Can someone please tell me because I'm not watching that again. <laughs> Where did the watch come in? Why was this watch so important? Yeah. And why was it so expensive? How did she obtain this thing? That it was enough to put her through a rehab and then to have her in sober living afterwards. Like, who was paying for this? All of this from the watch? Yeah. Where did the watch come from? Yeah. I don't, I don't also know. Her days as a drug peddling salesman. I, I don't know where that came from. But I don't know why she would, if that was the case, why she would buy a watch before they bought themselves like a... It makes no Maybe sense. Maybe she got it, yeah. It made no I sense. Have, it, it was it. it was such it, apparently so, supposed to be such an important part of the story, mm -hmm. right? And I, I don't even know where, where it came from or why it, why it was at, at the value that it was, you know? Like, could they not? I don't know. I guess they needed to think of a way for her to pay for it herself. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, let's just throw a Rolex in there. Yeah. Where did it come from? I don't know. You know, Rolex land. <laughs> Wherever people obtain their Rolexes from. And we'll just we'll just have that puppy pop in there a couple times and we'll focus on it and people will know that it exists. And so when she sells it, it's like, uh, you know, it's a big thing. Yeah. I don't know. OK. <laughs> like, it didn't really make any sense to me. Um, also, her like having her have this massive respect for him and then continuously doing what she isn't supposed to be doing. Like, I understand that is sort of the pattern of people that are that 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 are on drugs and that use and that, you know, decision making not their best traits um but it just didn't seem to sort of fit because it was like in the like in one breath in the same breath of her saying oh your grandfather wants me to give you space she would do exactly what she wasn't supposed to do yeah and the motive i guess that was it the motivation yeah. was really off for me it, it seemed really weird and um like i get the teenagers are stupid but I don't know how the niece could have possibly thought that bringing him to the club would have been a good idea. Yeah. It, it just, I, I no. <laughs> like, yeah. It was, a, you know, it's like a lot of times where there isn't a good reason for why, a, there wasn't a good reason written for why a character is doing something. So they just have to like add these other sort of little things in there to yeah. make it make sense that's what it felt like it was sort of like a like a you know like a, a, a like patchwork blanket of like we're gonna put this in here so that we could justify this thing but they didn't really belong together mm. um and okay look if i'd come up with this story if this was the final draft of something that i wrote and created i'd be proud of it you know what I mean? Like it's it wasn't a bad film. It was just very safe and it didn't really give me a whole lot. Um, yeah. And I, you know, I question people that are sitting in their bed ass out with long sleeve shirts on. It's like, make up your <laughs> mind. You're either hot or you're not. And yeah. if you're hot, then uh, just taking your pants off and having a giant wedgie is usually not like there's other things you can do. You would just take everything off. Mm. Or just be wearing something completely different. It was a very like, oh, let's have this moment where she's sitting ass out on the bed. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, 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 I see what you're doing there. Because we got to have something. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get, we got to give them something. Um, I don't know. I'd give it like a B minus. Okay. Take like that. I'm glad he made it. He wanted to make it, and he yeah. made it, and good for you. Well, but it's, it's just to, not yeah, something that like I would really like, watch again. You know indie films still being written and directed not being you know that there's still a market for that so i'm happy to see that happy to see 
see him working and you know one of these days he'll make a really good one yeah if he just keeps trying hard enough um speaking of indie films mm-hmm. indie indie films yeah indie indie films not like it's an indie film but i have lots of famous friends <laughs> yeah we're indie um we ironically in 2020 this was last fall right i think it was yeah the fall of 2022 okay um we were at a at the skyline film festival in virginia yep and there was a film that popped up and i watched the trailer to it not knowing who the director was and then i saw the director uh listed and i was like oh my god i want to see that unfortunately it was playing in a separate location in the same block that overlapped ours so we couldn't watch it um and so it made its way up onto prime and uh i was very excited to watch this because we had seen um another feature by this director now here's the here's the best part i'm not sure that i know how to pronounce his last name okay how would you pronounce that? Um, <laughs> McCoyne? So the director of The Killing of Two Lovers, which we very much liked, yeah. Robert McCoyan? Sure. Is For that sure. right? That's what we're going with. God. I feel like that's completely wrong. Probably. Uh, it's probably completely wrong. And um, he made another film uh, that we watched yesterday. And uh, it's called The Integrity of Joseph Chambers, which was a little tricky because the the poster got changed. Mm. There was like a profile poster that had like an image within an image. And then like if you go on like IMDb, it's a deer. And it like threw me off. Um, So we very much enjoyed The Killing of Two Lovers. It's one of those movies that I think I could absolutely see somebody being like, I don't like it. It's too slow. It's too slow paced. Not my kind of thing. You either either into it or you aren't. Yeah. and I am uh, I'm doing my best to get his DP on, um, who I would love to talk to to see how uh, how involved he is with the director on this. What's what I feel it. has become the signature look for this director's work. Yeah. Uh, Oscar mm-hmm. Ignacio Jimenez is his DP or has worked with him, at least on these two features. And it, there's it, it's I love I love when I can watch something and go, oh, that's that director. Yeah. You know, because they they have a look. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, working with the same DP is going to do that. But I'm always curious, like, is this is this a director who has a relationship with this DP and goes like, here's what I'm thinking of and then trust that DP to create that look? Yeah. Or does he have a mood board? Like, how involved in the mood board is this director? You know what I mean? Collaborative. I mean, who knows, though? That's what I'd like to know. Yeah. This this film, much like Killing of Two Lovers, was like a. it's one of those films that, like, I love his stuff. I I, I think he's just brilliant. Um, and but it's one of those films where you watch it and you're like, okay, and you have to like at least for you have me, to sit with it, yeah, to sit with it for a minute, and then it's like a couple hours later, you're like, that was a brilliant film, and that's what happened with the Killing of Two Lovers. I watched it and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm down. I liked it, and then later on, I'm just like, oh my god, it was so brilliant, and so that's kind of how I felt with this film because you know we're watching and like why would he do that what are you doing and then afterwards i'm like yeah it all kind of like clicks and makes sense and well before we forget i want to say that this was starring clayne crawford jordana brewster michael raymond james uh carl kennedy and uh jeffrey dean morgan was in there 
And uh, so I didn't like this movie as much as I liked The Killing of Two Lovers, but I sure. really liked that movie. Yeah. So it's kind of hard, kind of hard yeah, to that's, beat. Yeah, I mean, that's a that's Killing of Two Lovers is so like good. a movie that I would like to watch again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because like you said, you have to you almost have to you have to simmer. Yeah. You have to let it simmer. <laughs> and but then I, you can maybe, you know, see things that you, you that you might have missed. I didn't like this one as much, but I did like it it got it got some hate um with yeah, reviews and stuff. That. And so I unfortunately, but I, I kind of went in expecting it to be terrible cuz like people were like really shitting on it and yeah, I was like, "Oh but, god, how did he how did he go from two lovers to like doing so badly?" And then I was like, okay, no, I, I, I enjoy this. This isn't a film that's made for mass appeal, though. It's no, not, you know no, what I no. mean. It's like it's a film. It's like an actual film. It has, it's a piece of art that has something to say. Um, and he says it in a very specific way, and and that's what I loved so much about it. And um, yeah, it's like yeah, it's just it's so good. Like the cinematography, you know, he his kind of thing is like he loves he loves wide shots and he loves to set them and let the scene play out and and um and it's very and he loves a lot of track apparently loves to lay down a lot of track (laughs) (laughs) a lot Uh, a lot um but uh but yeah i mean it's 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 definitely a film it's it's a i haven't stopped thinking about it since i saw it like just um choices that were made and 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 I, i would love to yeah, I hope we get to speak to the DP. I would love to... Um, I've tried to get the director on, but he wants nothing to do with me. So, <laughs> Well, he just hasn't answered you. It's not like he actively doesn't want anything to do with you. No, I think he had gotten back to me and was like, yeah, I'll let you know. And then mm. busy I, was, I was like, I get it. But uh, he'll do it. We'll break him down. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just so like... It, it's. Uh, I was really frustrated by the decisions of the main character. And then at the end, I was like really pr- like not proud but like really so happy that he went where he went with it and mm-hmm. so i uh I, I i i loved that about it because it's not it's not typical i mean we saw the trailer and we kind of knew what happened just based on the trailer which was kind of a bummer but what he does with that is interesting and not something i've i've seen done before um though i would have definitely and i, I understand people make dumb choices when they're you know um in these types of scenarios mm-hmm. but i would have absolutely checked for a pulse i know that for sure 100 <laughs> percent. know that 100 percent. um i think you know i think what what happened here was that there was like this moment of uh you know when you're you're watching somebody fumble and also he likes to work uh, he he obviously likes to work with this actor because he was also the lead in the killing of two lovers yeah Clay Crawford, uh, which he looks so different to me for some reason. Yeah, yeah he, well, he's, he's magic a, of a mustache, a really I guess. I don't know. Too, so. Um, so, but um, I, I kind of enjoy that. That can sometimes, that can sometimes rub people the wrong way when you're like, why is the same person? You know, he's got the same DP and the same actor. But I mean, that's I don't know. That's just kind of like what he likes to do, and that's mm-hmm. that's his person, and they work well together. I don't know. Um, you know, when you're watching something and somebody is fumbling so massively. That you just want to, you want to reach into the screen and just chicken choke them. Mm-hmm. That's where I was with him. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I could not stand his decision making. Yeah. <laughs> it was making me crazy. Um, but it's the, you know, it's the whole, it, 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 everybody reacts to trauma differently. Yeah. 
right? Some people become hysterical. Some people become very level-headed and they start thinking medically, what do we do? You know, other people yeah. just panic. Um, and he's a person that just panicked. So there was a moment where he appears to have made a decision that pissed me off and not just on a character. Like for the film, I was like, oh, you lost me. Yeah. And I was actually kind of mad because I was like, no, it was so out of character. And I was like, I don't like this decision. And then it turned out not to be reality. And I was like, okay, thank you. Yeah. Because that did not match who he, this guy is way too anxiety ridden yeah. to, to have just sauntered back home like nothing happened. You know, yeah. I was like, there's no fucking way. Cause he was hysterical crying at the car at you know, the truck. And yeah. you know, I was like, that's, that's so out of character. So I loved, I, I he fooled me, right? He got me because mm -hmm. it was that moment where you're like, yeah, there's this part of you that I guess in that, in that situation uh, that, which I hope to never be in, but if I was, I would check for a pulse. Um, where you go like, can I just act like this didn't happen? Which was what he did in that moment. Right. Can I just, is there any scenario and is there any, like in any multiverse, <laughs> is there a part of me that just drives home? Pretends nothing happened. Pantless. Yeah. And goes like, yep, fell in the water. Yeah. God bless. And following him through that, the answer, of course, was no, which is why I was so like thrown off by that because yeah. I was like, absolutely not. This guy's way too frantic. Yeah. Um. And so then somebody else also, but could watch this and go, well, what the fuck kind of ending was that? Why would he do that? And it's like, that's the point. Yeah. The point is that he had already fucked up so badly that there really was no other way. <laughs> because yeah. I mean, honestly, I don't think you'd ever forget where that spot was. I guess that was probably the only thing I want to know. First of all, I want to know two things about this guy. A, where he got his knack for navigational talents. Yeah. Because these were some big woods and homie knew exactly where he was going every single time. And secondly, I would like to know what his cardio routine is. My God, the guy must, the, guy's like a marathon. The or amount of running and digging and, and dragging and running yeah. was like, how has he not passed out? Although there is the magic of adrenaline. So I guess, you know, a lot yeah. can be said for that. It's, you know, I'm I'm being jokey when I say that, but I was like, you know how hard it is to dig a fucking hole? Yeah. And then to undig the hole and then to run back and forth he and then drag him. At least fifty yards, dug a huge hole, undug the hole, <laughs> pulled them out of the hole, and then drug him probably, I don't know, and then maybe uphill. a thousand yards. Because remember before that yeah. ravine, he has to get him up the hill. So I'm like, listen. I don't after, know how. After like hunting all day. I don't know. Which isn't well, really he took a, a nap. Yeah. To be fair, um, so yeah, this is this is one of those. This is one of those stories that, like I said, while you're watching it, you're just like I was overcome with frustration at at his piss poor decision making. It was like, my dude, if there was ever a scenario where. This was 100% an accidental shooting. It's this. Yeah. Like, just don't touch anything, okay? The shell casing has got to be exactly where it would need to be when they would observe yeah, that, where yeah. that bullet, how, how far the bullet was when it uh, away when it went into him. All of those things could have been explained. But there's that, there's that panic, the initial panic. Like, it's like, I, I guess I kind of thought of it as the, the sort of thing that you do as a kid when uh -huh. you break something. And instead of just going like, hey, I broke this 
and I know I'm going to be in trouble for this, but I broke it, right? You try to hide it and act like it didn't exist, which just pisses your parents off even more because now it's in the bottom of their sock drawer somewhere yeah. and they know they didn't do that, you know, and then you just make a bad situation worse. And so I feel like that obviously had to have been part of the message here, which was making a bad situation worse through via panic. Yeah. Um, and had he done what he should have done, I mean, the movie would have been over in 20 minutes. I know. So I say that, you know, with the understanding that he had to fumble through that in order for us to have a, a, a 90 or 96 minute feature. Um, but it was just it was just really frustrating. It was so frustrating because it was just like, don't like this. I mean, he uses the excuse of that he was chasing after this deer yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, they, he shot because he got spooked. Well, that was the, th it, you know, yeah. but you leave that out. I'm just saying, like, you just leave that part out. You yeah. say, oh, I was aiming for the deer. Yeah. The deer took a, off because I missed and there happened to be a guy. Accident, you know what I mean? Yeah. The guy was trespassing. <laughs> he was, he was trespassing. hunting. He says he had his papers. And if he did, then, you know, he just literally, like, it was genuinely, genuinely just an accident. Yeah. You know? And so um, I don't, I don't see how he could have, he could have went away for murder, you know, like. It wasn't premeditated. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it was like, so. I but, mean, at, at most, I would think he'd get manslaughter at most if he got like a really aggressive jury yeah. and judge. But I mean, yeah, the guy's trespassing. You say that you're, you were aiming for a deer. Deer got spooked. This dude was in the distance. You didn't even see him. And boom. <laughs> like, yeah. Shit happened. I mean, they don't really give you the timeline. But if you're kind of judging the timeline, if you guesstimate it. I don't think this guy would have ever survived in any scenario. Um, there was no way for him to have gotten help and then gotten help to him in time for them to save him. I mean, he was, it was, it's a, it's a shotgun, Yeah. you know, it's, so the one thing that did confuse me was, was the angle supposed to be that it went in through his rib and then out through his back? Yeah, I don't know. Because there was a obvious wound on his back and yeah. I didn't know where that came from and it was way higher than the rib cage shot. So that kind of threw me and I didn't know yeah. if. Like it ricocheted or I don't know. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know shit about guns. Um, they go bang. <laughs> yeah. The, I wasn't, I wasn't 100% clear on that either, but uh, I think that was the idea is that it kind of went through him. Yeah. Because there was a, a wound on each side, you know? So yeah. I was just so, it did seem a little bit God, low on like, the front. Taking yeah. his shirt off and then put it, and then I'm like, you buried him with your shirt, you idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I think the idea is that that person, you know, aside from being dragged out by animals, that the chances of that person being found are pretty slim. I don't think anyone would have found him. But also, I mean, so one of the things that I had said before he ultimately does the right thing, if you will, was, you know, that he he puts his friend in a very precarious position because you've used his tools to in, in, in a crime mm -hmm. and you've used his truck. And also you've used his property. Like, that's the first thing I said. I was like, oh, my God, imagine if this body does come on this guy's property. Like, yeah. you know, what's he going to say? Oh, I don't know how that got there. It's like, it's your property. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know. Um, and so I was kind of glad that he didn't put that on him because I was like, Jesus Christ, that's really messed up. Um, I thought that the the line about the freezer working i didn't even think of that like when he was going yeah. you know he was giving his explanation and i'm like well it's end of times i mean what freezer are you putting this in yeah that doesn't make any sense yeah so it was pretty funny that he kind of pointed that out um yeah that was kind of an interesting thing of like the world is like heading to a bad place yeah i didn't you know, know if we just didn't know something 
you know, like there, it was just kind of. I like, mean, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not heading in a good place. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if there was more to it. Yeah, that was kind of an interesting little thing there, you know, to add to his being wanting to hunt. So you know, and going against you know what his wife wanted and didn't want you know that she didn't want him to go hunting and 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 all that sort of stuff. So, I I. I guess without without a backstory where I where my brain went with that was that I assumed that he was just very insecure because sure, yeah. she comes from a family of uh, these very, you know, brooding doomsday prepper type of yeah. uh, people. And that, you know, he's like an insurance dude and he felt kind of like he needed to sort of prove himself. Yeah. And so that's why he was doing this. But, you know, at the end of the day, he fell asleep almost immediately. So, yeah. you know, he wasn't this person. And, uh, you know, his, his catalog uh, outfit and yeah, everything, you know, yeah. everything was perfect. And, and just the way he was like swinging the gun swinging around, the gun like, around dropping a, the cartridge yeah, or whatever. He like, did such a great job of 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 like towing, like being able to show like that he's like not like an idiot, but like doesn't know much about this hunting thing. So there was a, it, it's tricky balance because you don't want the person to come off as like a stupid person, yeah. but you want them to come off as if they don't know anything about hunting. And so like, or guns or whatever. And, and, and I think they balance that really well. Yeah. What do you think you would have done in that situation? I would have definitely checked for a pulse after, for sure. After pooping yourself. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, did he not have a cell phone? Did cell phones not work? Like, I, uh, yeah, I don't that know. was the, the cell phone deal. Was, he just—I never saw him on the phone. So, yeah. so I don't know. I mean, it seemed like it was cell phone times because he had a really nice BMW or Mercedes or whatever. Well, the truck was pretty new too. I yeah, mean, the that... truck was was new as well. And so, I don't know if he just didn't bring it or. There's no way I'm going. Hunt. First of all, I'm not going hunting without a cell phone. <laughs> you know, because... you wouldn't go to the bathroom without a cell phone. Yeah, and so. Maybe, but maybe there's no service there and that's fine. But I would have checked for a pulse and if I couldn't wake the person up, I don't know if I either drag him to the truck and then go to the hospital or if I run out and call an ambulance to come pick him up. Because even in a in a shocked state, I know that I didn't do anything wrong, you know? I think that's one in of those... In my current th- state, there's no way I'm dragging him to the truck. <laughs> but with this guy's cardio, I could probably drag him to the truck. <laughs> That's a fair. That's a fair uh, assumption of of yourself. I because think. there's no there's no world in which I can live knowing that the, like the, I couldn't. No. There's no way. Well, when they when when he kind of psyched us out, that was the first thing you said. You were like, "There's no way that I would be able to do this. Like, there, I I would be so anxiety ridden all the time." And uh, yeah, that would be me too. Like, there's there's no way. I only because I've been in situations where. Not in those situations, luckily, and I hope never to be, but I've been in those medical emergency type situations, and I've always thought clearly. Now, in my day-to-day, I'm a very anxious person, but it's actually said that people that tend to have anxiety somehow in these situations straighten out, like, it's just so weird used to being in stressful situations. It's almost like this is, is like, what I've been prepping weird. for yeah. my entire life is a really high stress moment. I got this. And so in those moments, you know, um, you're pretty calm. Uh, I've happened upon two dead people, unfortunately, in my life. Mm. And um, the anxiety hits later. Yeah. It's like a, like days later that it's suddenly like it's like, okay. you don't you don't believe it like when it's happening. 
Well, you no, know, so I, I become like, very clinical just be, just having worked in the medical field for a while and stuff like I'm not a doctor by any means, but I've just well, worked for yeah, many doctors. And so for me, it, for me like, it, I go like, you, see, you're not used to the medical side of things. You, you're you not very medically inclined. So no, but I, you were there for one of I, for one, one of those, of them, yeah, but those I, but discoveries. I, and you went into like the is this even real? Like, how yeah, is this real? And yeah. I was very clinical. So like it's able to I'm able to disassociate from reality in that situation and just think about it like from a logistical standpoint of like, all right, this person, you know what I mean? So I feel like I would be able to do Maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Who I know, knows? I know that I, I just, from my experience, yeah, it's just like, there's the shock of it. And then, you know, there's people that just kind of stand there in shock. And then I'm, I'm very much a person in that moment. That's like, you know, I notice what's happening to a body and I can say, no, this person definitely doesn't have a pulse. They've been here a while. Like I can tell that. And so I'd like to think, <laughs> I'd like to think that I would maintain that if I had been the reason for that. It's one thing when you come upon a body that you had nothing to do with, but right. when you're the person who's yeah. created the body, it's a whole other thing. I don't know. I'd like to hope that I could stay level-headed enough. I think I would only because I, since I go into medical mode, my whole goal would be get them help. Like I'd freak out later for fucking sure, especially when they yeah. died. But like I said, Plus I don't the, think he would have guy, been able to save him. The guy him. got shot. He got knocked out, but then woke up and was able to run full speed. Well, that's the adrenaline there. Yeah, I suppose. That's all adrenaline. I I, I mean, that's what I would yeah. blame. Yeah. When you wake up and you see someone digging a hole <laughs> that you're pretty sure you're supposed to go in, Yeah. Uh, you know, you find energy. Um, and he had energy, but again, he didn't have strength, you know, because he'd been shot. Oh, yeah. So, um. Yeah, it just, but like, God, just, he, ke- and then he kept touching and then it was like, okay, now you have blood on that yeah. and they're going to find DNA the pants everywhere. and the shirt in a, po- why would there be shirt, uh, the pants and shirt in the fire pit? Like there's no, once you dug the hole, because you can't like undisrupt that ground. Yeah. If somebody, if you have a good forensic detective there, you know, they're going to be like, what is that? That looks fresh. There's no, and then, you know, then there's also, I don't know, maybe he was digging the hole. So here's what, here's where I thought it was going. Um, And I kind of would have liked to have seen maybe like this version when he woke up, because you didn't, you didn't catch it right away. You were focusing on him digging the hole. And I was like, he's alive. Because it was at first where he barely moved. And I was like, he's alive. And then you were like, what? And then he didn't move again. We kept focusing on the hole. I'm like, he's alive. (laughs) And so when he got up and ran, I swore he was going to have to kill him. Yeah. And I wanted, I kind of wanted to see the irony of that, right? That it's like, oh my God, he survived. But because he's freaking out, if he, because there's that moment there, right? Where you're like, if he survives, he's going to tell them that I started digging a fucking hole. Like now I have to kill this guy because there's no way to explain this where they're not going to think that this was, I mean, I don't know how it could be premeditated. There's no way he knew that guy was yeah, out there, you yeah. know? I mean, everybody would be able to vouch for the fact that he just went out hunting. Um, although, although they could say he was adamant about going out that day. Yeah. And I said I'd go with him next week and he had to go in that moment. Yeah. Somebody could be like, why? Yeah. Why did you have to yeah. go in that moment? Did you find this guy out there at some point and decided you wanted to kill him? You know, so I'm not going to lie. I mean, there would be... I don't know. Yeah. If I had gone that far into the bad decision making and and my dude stood up and started running, I, I might have 
clock his ass. I don't know. Yeah. Just like, listen, we've gotten this far, right? I already thought I killed you. Yeah. And I already dug that hole, which was so much work. Yeah. One of us is going in there. Yeah. Well, you, 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 uh, you have to put the hole back together and then hope, like, hopefully he did that. He put the hole back together and patted it down as good as possible and then never said anything about a hole. So when, cause you know, the police are going to be like, oh, uh, where did you find this guy? And then he'd have to go show them and, you know. Oh, I would just say I didn't know. I, 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 we just, I was, I panicked. I don't even remember what direction I was in. I saw a deer and I just went running and I don't know. I don't yeah, know. They'll scour the woods for, you know. But what for mean? what? If there's already a body, they, they would scour the woods if they didn't know where the body was, they'd scour the woods. But if we already have a body and we have, we, we if whether he survived or didn't, it wouldn't matter where he was. The yeah, crime but... scene at that moment means nothing because you've already got him saying, I shot him. He's already confessed to it. Right. Or but, you've got the guy saying, but if you have, oh, he, if you I was out there and he saying, shot me. I don't think this was an accident. Then they're going to go check out the... Oh, potentially, yeah. So I would have to yeah, make I guess sure I that, see that. But yeah. I don't, I don't, I just don't feel like they would focus on the woods and I sure as hell wouldn't help them find it. <laughs> like, I don't know where I was. Sorry. Because what you're going to find is a hole with all his shit in it. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, I hope he got that shit out, put it back. He and, didn't. You know. <laughs> he pulled him out. Don't you remember? Instead yeah. of he was driving me crazy with the pulling, just dig his feet out. Yeah. <laughs> Stop it. Um, but he left all that shit there. And then you have your pants in a burn pile. Your pants and your shirt in a burn pile. Yeah. So he had better hope that they don't find that spot because it does not look good for him. Yeah. But it's also one of those moments where you can go like, yeah, to a stranger, this guy, not only is he guilty of this, but this looks like either a, a crime of passion or it looks like it was premeditated. Mm -hmm. And then when you're watching it, you're like, well, it wasn't. But all these things, yeah. he fumbled. And so you have to wonder how many yeah. times has that happened, right, where someone gets convicted and they're like, oh, you definitely planned this out. Yeah. And it's just kind of like happenstance and like weird things. That, you know, it's like, yeah, it wasn't on purpose, but if you weren't there, this 100% looks like yeah, he just killed this guy. Yeah. Like, why would you do all of that? Um, I mean, I would assume he would have to explain also why he didn't have pants on. So yeah. I don't know that he can actually get away with it now that I think of it. Because they're going to be like, all right, all this stuff happened, but where's your pants? Where'd yeah. your pants go? He's probably going to spill everything at this point. He seems like the type. Yeah. He seems like the so, time. I he was know. just too stressed out. I would hope that a jury would take pity on him because we've seen him go through these events. But, you know, we'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> no Until one we see the remember. sequel of like uh, the arraignment of what's so, what's the, <laughs> the arraignment <laughs> of Joseph Chambers. Yeah, the arraignment of Joseph Chambers. You should probably lay the breadcrumbs for that. You yeah. know what I mean? Just, hey. If we if we get the director on, I'll see if I can buy the IP from him. Ah, oh, yes, yes, you know, yes. I'll that's say, exactly. Uh, hey, I want to do I want to do a true crime drama of this and where he gets convicted, but we all know that he didn't do it <laughs> on purpose. Good and one. He sits in jail for five years until I don't know something happens and he gets free. Well, I did enjoy this movie. Yeah, I it thought was it great. was really good. It was amazing. This is this this type of filmmaker, despite us murdering his last name. Um, this guy's the type of filmmaker that I don't I don't necessarily even have to love anything that like everything that right. he does. Yep. But I'm like, I'm so glad that he's making stuff. 
He's got an original kind of look, which obviously it goes hand in hand with his DP. They work really well together, but he has a tone. Mm -hmm. He has such a tone. Uh, yeah. This world could have so easily been in Two Lovers World. And yeah. I realize it's the same actor, but you know, it's yeah. like he has this, this, there's this sort of like, this is him five aura. years later after he Yeah, gets he's his... got this aura about him, yeah. you know, and it's it just about the way he, he writes and directs and, and uh, I really like it. Yeah. I really like it. I think it's, you know, it's important to, you can't please everybody, especially with something independent. Not everybody's going to get it and I understand that. Um, but I think he really has, he really has a, a talent for it. He's a really good storyteller and I yeah. appreciate that. No, nothing's going to be perfect and there are things that you can nitpick here and there. But I think overall... I very much look forward to things that he makes. Mm -hmm. And that was so much of why I wanted to see this was even despite, you know, people being, uh, you know, kind of uh, negative, I guess, in, in, in the reviews and stuff like that. I just, I don't know. I was just like, I enjoyed the killing of two lovers so much that I can't imagine he would fall that far, yeah. you know? And, and so I was intrigued, you know, you know, as far as I'm concerned, this is just no. right on par with that. I really liked it. I, um, like I said, I liked the other one a little bit better. Um, but I really, I did, I did enjoy this and I'm, I'm really excited for whatever he does next. This is like, yeah. this is a director that it's like, I would be so happy to be able to work with this guy. Yeah. I would love to be able to be cast in something that he does. Like that's, because you know it's probably not a lot of takes. You get the one shot. <laughs> <laughs> He's not gonna go perfect. Let's do it fourteen more times. Yeah. Maybe though. Maybe he is. Maybe, maybe he is. I don't know. Um, no, I, I I really appreciate I really appreciate his his filmmaking, and uh, I I think it, it would be really cool to to be able to work with him one day. Maybe one yeah. day will happen. I'm just so know. glad that stuff like this can still be made, and not everything is you know strictly a business you this know, is this what is i think of when i think of independent filmmaking yeah, yeah for sure not like oh it it's an it's an indie film with like emma stone emma stone yeah. <laughs> it's like nah, no shade yeah. to emma stone we no love i love her, emma but... stone but that's not yeah. indie you yeah. know that's not indie um and and uh i i i hope he keeps making stuff yeah. it's it's i i enjoy him i'm gonna go on letterboxd and give it many stars maybe mm. You butter should. them up to try to get them on no i mean to bring their their rating up because that's oh, yeah. not you know a lot of times people will look at that and be like oh it didn't people didn't like it and it's like well you you absolutely cannot if i tell well, you if it's not for if you if i it's not tell for you the you. things this that i've not a watched film that like no but if you when you're on something like letterboxd you'd assume that like a lot of people on letterboxd not everybody but a lot of people on there i hate the term cinephiles but consider themselves cinephiles you know what i mean so you, you should be able to appreciate it i would hope mm. see it'd be pretty ironic for you not yeah, to at least appreciate I, I this know. film. If you're not going to go see a film because it got bad reviews, then are you really a cinephile? No, but I'm. But that's what I'm saying is that 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 doesn't stop them from being able to write a review and then right. take that movie down a bit, which right. is unfair because it. When I tell you the things that I've watched, <laughs> or been forced to watch, sometimes during a film festival, we'll just say that yeah. that have wonderful reviews on letterboxd because clearly their friends went on a review frenzy yeah all opened up accounts he Friend was like Z. get an account for letterboxd give it nine thousand stars and when i tell you i watched this movie and i wouldn't even give it half a star uh the amount of times that that's happened like you can't go by people's ratings because you don't know who's writing these things yeah and those things aren't really regulated enough to be able to i mean how would you prove it <laughs> that yeah. you know this person you know 
Um, I mean, you can't trust those sites anyway after the whole Rotten Tomatoes debacle. Oh, yeah. We, we actually never got into that. Yeah. I never trusted Rotten Tomatoes because there... I, for, I never did either. So many things that I loved. It's all more... It's a marketing thing. For instance, on Letterboxd, Jacob's Ladder has like a 3.8 rating. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Jacob's Ladder, the original Jacob's Ladder, not the remake bullshit. Yeah. Tim Robbins, Jacob, Jacob's Ladder, 3.8. I think the fuck not. Yeah. That's an amazing film. See? So I don't ex- I don't accept that. And yeah, so, you yeah, go. you have to, you know, you have to make up your own mind here. Jump in feet first. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's going on next week. We have a bunch of fests that are coming up. Yeah. We have some. Uh, there was a festival that got canceled. Yep. That was a new one for us. So we got a reimbursement, but I guess they're not doing the festival now. Um, I think next week we're going to talk a little bit more about that because we have been having some experiences. Yeah, and, festivals and are wild. We're going to get in. It's insane. So we'll get into that next week. I guess there's we have a little a little snippet into what's going to happen next week. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the experiences that we've been having with that. Things are getting a little crazy out there. Uh, shout out. Shout out to MoGraph. To MoGraph. The MoGraph Network. And to hopefully and hopefully at some point um, I'm I've been communicating uh uh, with um, uh, Oscar Ignacio Jimenez, the DP for uh, for these films, and hopefully we can get him on because I have so many so questions, many <laughs> so many questions. Yeah, I really hope that we can because he's uh, the problem is he's gonna he's gonna be on location for the next two months because mm. he got back to me and he said, well, it would have to be very soon, otherwise it would have to be like in November. Do it tomorrow. Well, I gave him a couple dates. We'll see what happens. Uh, Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Bye-bye.